moving to oneness. Nourishing curiosity. Embracing differences. Becoming one. All the way from China, I'm bringing you a fascinating word smith. <laughs> so, someone who can craft whatever you desire to express and to bring into this world. So, stay tuned. Hello, everyone. I'm Amailin Elke, your host of the Moving to Oneness podcast. And all the way in Gwynland, South China, I have with me today my fabulous guest, Stuart Elliott. Hello, Stuart, and welcome to the show Moving to Oneness. Well, hello, uh, Maylin, and everybody who is listening. It's great to be here. And I don't know about a fabulous wordsmith, but I'll take the compliment anyway. So thank you for that. <laughs> no, I spoke with you. I had the honor to converse with you. And we could have done that for days. It was mm. um, a lightness that you have within you to bring out in people the ease and the playfulness to try out things. And I think that is mm -hmm. something that everyone has. And that's what makes you out. Maybe it is all of your life and experience. You've lived in so many countries. We'll talk about this. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, how did you notice that it was important to have fun while you were looking for words? You know, this, you know, it, it, words for me are just labels. And I think it's the same for everybody. And I always give this example about a chair. If I tell you I'm sitting in a chair, you picture a chair that you're familiar with. And it may have nothing to do with the chair I'm sitting in. But the label allows us to construct a vision between two people. And, you know, life is supposed to be fun. So why not? Why don't we just have fun whilst we're doing it and, and picture? I mean, you can picture a chair which is so crazy in this world, you know, and you just <laughs> see you sit there and it makes you smile. And that's wonderful because, you know, we're having a conversation. We're not doing anything serious. But on a, on a more serious note, I think words, the fact that words are labels, um, we should understand that they do have different connotations for different people. And if we're having a respectful conversation, then we should try and listen and ascertain what that word means to the other person so that we can actually enter the vision that they've got their world. And then we can have a much more personal, much deeper conversation. And that, and that to me is very, very important. And I think it's the fundamental of communication, which is never taught to us. Which is a shame. I love that. I love that. I'm, sent, I'm very visual, uh, Stuart. So when you were telling me, uh, about the chair and that everyone envisions it different. I had like a film 
a movie go by with all the different chairs I could imagine, you know, as a designer, I just love a form and a mm -hmm. material is so important. You know, where do you sit on? I have like a, a more a couch I sit on, I don't, mm -hmm. but it could be a hard metal chair. It could be a, a lounge chair, right? With a, mm -hmm. a softness. It could be a Chinese style chair with a lot of, um, a cutting into it. I don't know what the word is in English, English yeah. right? Or the very modern, very simple ones, uh, mm -hmm. the, the different colors. And uh, yeah, that was really interesting. And I love that to play with, uh, with the words and to look at the depths of how do I envision a chair or see it? And also, ooh, that when we do speak, that we envision our words to be also images. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. And also then to take the more time, as you hinted, to, to understand what does the other person envision? Because through whatever ex life experience we have, right, we will see yep. a different chair or even see what kind of chair the other person may sit on because by mm -hmm. as you said the labels or maybe movies or books we read about let's yeah, say uh, now in china are you sitting on a china a chair yeah what kind of chair are you sitting on That's i'm really just sitting on your common garden computer chair <laughs> so it's not even <laughs> even chinese it's a universal chair which is which is yeah. here but, you know, what is a very important facet of, of, of the label situation is the connotation, the connection that a person has to the word. Um, you know, a, a little while back, I was working with somebody, um, we were doing a hypnosis training, and the lady I was working with, she works, her day job is a um, carer in a, or a nurse in a terminal cancer ward. So she experiences a lot of... Um, agony, trauma, whatever, every mm -hmm. single day. And we were talking, we were working with a subject called benign attention, which is where you just notice something, but you don't put any meaning to it. But yeah. that word benign had a connection to her about cancer and all the agony, all the, the trauma that she sees. And she couldn't work with that word because it was just, you know, too loaded for her. Yes. So we had to get out of a thesaurus and I just went through a few synonyms of the word and then all of a sudden, bang, that was it. She twigged. Yes, that's it. That word is great because that's that's not a loaded word for me. And, you know, if you don't understand that, you can have a total miscommunication because we all have associations with words. Yes. And yes. another another interesting way that... Uh, this plays out was with uh, Milton Erickson, who was a very, very um, a brilliant person and hypnotist. And he died about, unfortunately, the late 70s, 80s. But there's a story about him where he would bring a patient in who he knew had a trouble being hypnotized. And he would sit him in a chair and he'd go through a whole procedure. And he knew he wouldn't be hypnotized. And they said, look, we've already shown, shown that you can't be hypnotized. Why don't you just sit over there and just relax? And then he physically moved chairs and left all that association in the other chair, put him in the new chair, and he was out like a light. And he was able to do the work that he needed to do because of that association with that object, with that word. 
And that's it's a very deep understanding that we, uh, if, we, if we get it, we can have such meaningful conversations. We can get rid of a lot of this miscommunication in companies, in offices, where people think the other person understands what they say. Yeah, you know, and, and I was thinking about fear. You would, you know, I, my mom came up. I I took care of her. She had cancer. Luckily, it uh, mm -hmm. is uh, disappeared now. It, it's gone. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, the fear and what helped was moving my mother. <laughs> yeah, she had to get so she had to get up, move, and sit down somewhere else again to take in also information. So that lets me. Uh, uh, understand the story of the hypnotist a little bit more and also for children in schools right we set them down and they have to sit in one spot for so mm -hmm. long even though we've all learned through brain and and, and and neurology that children love to move and most of them take in much better information when and they move so they should change uh, uh, chair, chairs or tables I think my son in, in elementary school, after each vacation, you know, every six weeks we have a little vacation, mm -hmm. they got moved to a different location at least. But mm -hmm. to do that more often and ah, also as a writer, right? Mm -hmm. I, I really like that. This, you can take that very far. So if you get a blockage or let's say you don't uh, remember or you're not finding the words you want to say, you get up, take your maybe notepad, or maybe you switch to do the computer, wherever you love to write on, and go to a different seat, a different location yep. in your home, maybe outside in your garden, or you walk down to the cafe and keep on writing there. I, I love this association that it loosens up our thought process. Also, it loosens up the muscles in our body, in our throat, in, in, in our jaws, right? So we can move our lips better and form words and and as a writer you can change your pen mm -hmm. because that pen's got a blockage let's, yeah. let's get this pen this one's working properly you know just like the one pen runs out of ink you know something like that so we can use these these visions these these uh, models if you like and as long as we understand what we're doing it becomes easy. And talking of writers, there was a very famous copywriter who um, he would write the first five pages or so, whatever, anything, anything he would write. And then he would just take them, throw them away, and then just write. And the next pages were, were what were the real content. He wouldn't even look at what he'd written first. And he might have started off, I don't know what to say. <laughs> he just started this nonsense conversation just to get that, you know, uh, energy flowing, the correct energy. So it's a very, very powerful tool. And uh, I think is once we get that understanding and we take away our own internal fear, then we can let the fun go through. And another, another beautiful thing about writing is music. Mm -hmm. What are you writing? Are you writing something serious? Let's have some serious music. Are you writing, writing something with energy? Let's have some energetic music, heavy metal, whatever. It doesn't matter. Whatever you can relate to, because that energy from the music will enter you and come out in your words. Yeah, very, music very is a big influence. I remember we had once in uh, when I studied landscape architecture, a teacher where we would listen to a piece of music and use different kinds of, of, of pens, thinner and mm -hmm. thicker ones. 
and to just try out what would fit the best to, uh, to us. And I think it was the Tchaikovsky, Molda, I, yeah, a beautiful mm -hmm. classic song. And yes, and then it started the flow. You became mm -hmm. uh, felt comfortable, especially if you found then your drawing tool, your writing tool. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it uh, music, as you said, it, it plays with our uh, psychology a little bit, right? They know, I used to think that was in the 80s, the band Yellow. And if you yeah. played them, you would get a little aggressive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it had these mm -hmm. tech sounds. But then if you get something else, you're yeah, right, if you want to write something, you want to write out what is deep in your heart and put on yellow <laughs> and yep. it, it comes out because you get mad and and then you yep. finally can write what you always wanted to say or you remember a love scene out of your life and then you put on beautiful music and then you can write about that for a long time yeah that's a fantastic hint so thank you because it's energy isn't it we just connect to mm -hmm. energy which is all around us we are part of the energy and and different times different days we have that connection to this type of energy or that type of energy and we can then use those tools to connect us to the energy which is going to be most beneficial to us at this moment it gives us control it gives us our self-power which is very very important and you know obviously you know a lot more about energy because you are a shaman so you know, it's a, it's a very, very special thing. And we talk about, you know, you, you spoke about the traditional composers. They tapped into that energy and found that music somewhere because it's always there waiting for us to connect to it. So it's it's very, very interesting when we look at things in that way. Yeah, to 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 expand our horizon, right? So and not to, in a way, categorize. Now I'm writing, or I'm painting, or I'm thinking, I'm composing, um, I'm cooking, or whatever I'm doing in mathematics. Or as you, you a lot of people come to you to find ways to learn language better, or a new language, or to uh, release the fear of learning something mm -hmm. new, right? A new language. Uh, delve into that a little bit, uh, because I think as so many, so much newness is arising, um, that we are being asked to become more comfortable with ourselves of how we are, but also then to shed what doesn't uh, suit us and to be able to learn what new things arise in our environment, in our politics, in our even world views. So mm -hmm. how do you support people in, in, in letting or recognizing what is holding them a little back and then inspiring them to find a new way to learn or look at learning a language? Yeah, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't just use language, but it's a good example. Mm -hmm. The biggest fear I would suggest that many people have is the unknown. So anything new is unknown. And we have this fear because we don't know. And that's why a lot of people repeat, repeat, repeat old habits, because anything new is out of their experience. 
And sometimes they have to be pushed quite hard by life circumstances to, to break that habit. Now, obviously, we don't want people to be facing dramatic life, life circumstances to get them to improve. So hypnosis is a wonderful way to help people go inside the unconscious and take away this, this fear, if you like, this, 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 this blockage, and connect to their resources. Because when they were children, they didn't have this fear so much of, of knowing. I mean, did, did you ever see a, a child who was scared to communicate any way it wanted, any way it could, or was ever scared to walk or try and walk, even though it didn't know how to, it just knew it could do it. They didn't have these. These are things that we've learned over time through for, for many, many reasons. So if we can connect to that and then recognize that these are resources we have, we learn to walk, we learn to speak, we learn to talk. So we can do more. But we've got to get rid of that, 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 that uh, fear that's been put on us or we've created for ourselves. But once we do that, then, you know, anything's possible, you know, within, you know, obviously physical uh, realms, but anything is possible. We can learn. And another way we, we, we limit ourselves is by saying, I don't know how. That's negative or I can't. It's negative. But, okay, yes, maybe we don't know how yet and we go back to language again because yeah, it's a, little, say, a little tweak yeah yeah just a little thing i mean what when we say i don't know how that's a limit but when we say yet on the end of it that's possibility and then we add the the, the knowledge that we've learned many things so we can learn how to do this and then we have opportunities we have possibility and it doesn't matter whether it's playing music, designing a dress, drawing a picture, creating a building. We can always find a way because we've learned so many things in the past. And that's possibility. That's, that's the whole thing about, you know, again, going back to language. How do we talk to ourselves? How do we view things? Do we view things from a limit point of view or a possibility point of view? Most people, it's a limit point of view. I mean, if you talk to the average person, you say, tell me a hundred good things about you. <laughs> you're lucky if you're going to get 10, 20 at maximum. Yeah. But you say, tell me a hundred bad things about you. They're not going to stop. All right. <laughs> because we focused on negative instead of positive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I just learned also... Uh, you know, it's from someone you can, if people write down first all the negative things, which you said they can do so well and they cannot figure out how they want to be or what they want to create. If they write that down, then at least they have a list and they can take a look and then make a positive out of the negative because it's something they, it disturbs uh, them, right? So, but mm -hmm. as soon as you turn it around and to create something positive or positive or an action out of it, if it's, it's a non-action mm -hmm. and already uh, they're creating, yeah, it's too bad that we have that so much, but I think it's dissolving yeah. luckily that uh, the new generation sees more possibility and doesn't listen so much to vocabulary of uh, the earlier generations. Um, mm -hmm. I would say my I myself, you know, I'm still uh, imprinted 
luckily I have uh, two languages or cultures I'm imprinted with, right? It opened me up a little bit, the German and the American. But uh, my mother came from the East and escaped. So there was always the language of fear of making yourself small. And um, still in the 80s, it, in her, you know, it comes, comes up and I've learned, oh my God, I'm speaking the words of my mother. I'm being her for a moment. And it took work and observance of myself to see, oh, when mm -hmm. am I speaking the language of someone else? And when mm -hmm. is it really mine? And how do I feel when I speak it? And how do I want to feel when I speak? And what words do I prefer? So if, even if I go into metaphors, Stuart, I've learned, I use the metaphors of, of nature and especially of uh, flowers because I'm mm -hmm. so connected to flowers. I'm so at awe if I see a flower, if I have to touch them, right? There's a strong uh, connection for me to, to beauty and to try to use that and utilize that in, in, in my life. So how is that also then in yours? You know, you've, you've also have several cultures. You've now, uh, you're from uh, Britain, then you lived in South of uh, Africa, now in China, and I don't know where else you probably have lived. So how did that influence? Did you notice how you were changing uh, your vocabulary in the different cultures you've lived? I think that you know you mentioned two very important points before that, and and the first one was observing, being aware, and I think that is the key to 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 everything that you need to be aware of how you're thinking and how how you're actually um, seeing things and viewing things, and the other is is the the power of flowers, you know, because they don't nothing stops them; they will find somewhere to grow, even in the most barren landscape. I mean. In, in, in talking of, of Namibia, there's something called a century plant, which is it lives most of its life on the ground for maybe 100 years. And then one day it will just bloom. It's crazy. You know, they've got so much power. And I think what I've been lucky in some ways in that I've just decided sometimes just do it. <laughs> just go. <laughs> and we'll worry about everything else afterwards. Yeah. So. You know that, that that that's a nice uh, thing, but for, it doesn't work for everybody because they need a little bit more certainty. But I've been able to do that. But what what I've, I've what this, I really discovered more, and it's looking back over the the experiences, mm -hmm. is is with awareness how I was behaving then, and you know when I was uh, in Kenya, we were doing an overland trip through Africa. I had in my mind I wanted a Maasai spear. And I was in Nairobi and all the tourist shops were so expensive. And okay, we know about bartering, we know about this. This was back in the early eighties, there's no cell phones or anything like that. And I thought, okay, well, I've got a calculator here. I've got this, I've got some barter goods. And I, I, there's a wonderful experience, which I felt so stupid at the time, but I realized now looking back on it, it was such a wonderful, wonderful experience to me. But there were, we were camping there, and then these three Maasai warriors just appeared from nowhere. They'd seen you know, us there, and they came to say hello. And they, they were very, very educated, very nice, very um, friendly people. 
And I spoke to him, I said, well, you know, I really want your spear. Can I give you this calculator? You know, we'd make a swap because it was, you know, at that time it was an expensive thing. And, and I thought, you know, it's going to be very beneficial. But, you know, this is my stupidity at the time, my naiveness. So the guy takes it and he looks at it, he does a few calculations, and he's obviously been to, to university and school and everything else. He says, that's wonderful, it's lovely. He says, what use is it to me here? Mm -hmm. I felt so small because I hadn't entered into his world. I hadn't, you know, understood what he's living with. And his job is to look after the cattle in big five country. If there's lions, what's he going to do with a calculator? Throw it at them. <laughs> but the way he said it, he was so nice about it. It really taught me a lesson, which took me a little bit more time to sink in because I felt so embarrassed about how, well, not obnoxious, but how short-sighted I've been, how, you know, I'm, I'm an educated sort of Western and you're a, a, an African person and, and all this nonsense that we carry around with ourselves. Uh, but it, it was a beautiful lesson, but it's only with awareness and looking back and seeing what life has presented to you and how you can grow from anything doesn't, and that's the important thing. We always have that choice of how we grow from things, how we react to things. And sometimes the lessons take time for us to, you know, absorb them. But they're there for us always. And sometimes you don't know when it's just going to pop into you. And say, ah, now I know. Yeah. You know, and this is what life is about. And, you know, if you trust yourself, if you just be OK, I'll, I'll trust that there's always going to be something, always going to be a way. And, that, you know, you've learned so many things in the past, so you can always learn something else. Hmm. Yeah, this story is, is what you mentioned also it fits exactly to what you mentioned at the beginning um, that we have to really understand. So sometimes our life stories also are our best teachers, what we integrate and can bring forward in when we support other people, right? Because mm -hmm. then it is uh, embodied knowledge. It's a whole mm -hmm. different feeling to it. You also speak different and other people feel then also the energy of the words. They can mm -hmm. sense the whole story and they can sense what you went through. So when we give it advice or guidance, right, mm -hmm. it comes from our life. And I think mm -hmm. this is going to become more and more important in the way of what we bring forward, for example, as educators, teachers, uh, right, guides, mm -hmm. authors, the list goes on, speakers, that we do share from what comes from our life, because then our, also our whole body speaks and mm -hmm. the energies that come through can be read uh, by the others. And the more when you speak, you're also taking in a way the realm of mm -hmm. uh, your opposite uh, con uh, person you converse with, or maybe it's a whole room or it's a classroom, or I don't know, maybe mm -hmm. you're speaking to a big stadium, but they're all individuals in there. And if mm -hmm. uh, uh, I open up to be totally present for what is needed in the moment, the right story, the right advice, the right teaching uh, comes out, right? Did you experience mm -hmm. that yourself, Stuart? 
Yeah, I mean, what, what you're saying about the energy, I mean, is, is very, very important because a lot of people only listen to the words. They're not listening mm. to the energy from the other person. And, you know, we can say one thing, but our whole body is talking in a whole different story. And if we're not listening to that energy, that's a big thing, you know, and just using words and, and, and taking the fact that words are labels. We can use a very common word, love. I love this. I love you. That, that, that. We can say it so many different ways. And I think there's something like 50 different um, synonyms or, or, you know, meanings of the word, just that one word. But if you hear it and then you you listen to the word you want, you're not hearing the full message that the person is giving. Because you're not communicating at a complete, as a complete entity. You're not using your energy. You're not allowing the energy to come to you. You're not seeing the body language. You, you might be seeing the eyes, you might be seeing the face, but you're not seeing the rest of the body, how that's talking to you. So there's a whole big picture that you're missing. And it's the same, you know, as you said, about speaking to a big crowd. There's a lot of people in the crowd. You can't watch every individual. But you can notice that they will form groups. And it, these little groups will have a leader. And that leader will, you know, influence the group. And they will all react in a, in a certain way. So there's a whole energy that's coming there that you, once you connect with, then you've got communication. And when I was teaching English, I'd walk into the classroom and I would give energy to the class. They would give me energy back. And if it was good energy that I gave, I would get good energy back. And then the whole classroom lifted. The whole yeah. energetic level of the classroom lifted. lifted. And there was another teacher who was in the school at the time. He struggled because he would take negative energy into the class. Mm -hmm the whole thing went down and he used to get so frustrated with himself with the students and everything and he didn't understand i mean it was very very difficult to communicate with him he'd come out of the class he'd throw his books away and he's gone you know and, and and it was just an energy thing that he hadn't understood and it's that that to me is so important because energy, we are, everything is energy. Even that wall that you look at or you bang your head on, is just a piece of energy that's, you know, manifested in that way. And it's, it's difficult to understand that sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and children, <laughs> yeah. classrooms, they're so in tune with energies. Uh, yeah. They pick up anything within mm -hmm. you, right? You don't even have to say it. They can feel it a room away <laughs> or, or yeah. further. And uh, yeah, and they just play as, with energy. So they go up and down and uh, yeah, too bad. It would be important to give teachings also to teachers or even in the educational system, right? How can you raise your own vibration before you go in a classroom or, or to, it goes really, it goes for everyone who goes in to work and works with many other uh, people, even if you would think about a factory, if they still have people and not just robots. But, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but this is it's so important to take the uh, moment and also to take the authority for yourself to say, no, I'm going to raise now my energy 
more or less like a, you know someone a star when they go on stage they're maybe the mm -hmm. only ones that practice that you know that you go on energy and also that you look what is the energy in the room how can mm -hmm. i uplift it again and, and yeah, movement and, is a big one right interaction and, and inviting and just, others to come i just stop you and just point out one one little phrase that we we often use and and, and it sows doubt in our in back of our minds how can i well th that's a question can i rather than say that we should be looking and this comes back to awareness and, and listening to the way we speak and think mm -hmm. how i can do something because now we've got possibility again and yeah, these up. these are all little things that we do without noticing and as we build more and more awareness then we can do so many things and you know it's so important to to find these rituals like you said to lift your energy and believe that it doesn't matter what happens we can always do something if i if if, if i forget my words i just tell the people oh i've, I've forgotten what the heck i was going to say it's a conversation with friends yeah if we you know if, if we put ourselves on the spot it makes the audience uncomfortable if we're talking to friends they don't care they're, they're happy they relax and i can't remember the guy's name but there was a um somebody who did some work with a, a public speaker who had a big fear and he said the first thing i want you to do on stage is get on stage and tell people how scared you are how nervous you are and laugh at me if i make a mistake because he was then changing the energy in the room he was taking that fear away he was giving them the order to relax and they accepted it and everything went up from there mm. there's a there's a thousand ways we can do it but it's, it's understanding as you say the energy the energy the energy that we bring and you know english has this expression monday morning blues everybody is winding down from a great weekend oh no we've got work what are they taking with them what are they bringing to work into the traffic into the commute negativity yeah and it's a thought it's a thought process we go through we've just had a wonderful weekend great let's live with that let's enjoy the, all the energy we've taken from that weekend and we could take that energy and bring it into the work and see how we can make work better yes 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 get out to bring that uh, that fun in into work it goes uh, so i i two things asking questions opens up uh, the unfathomed because life is this way we, we can't really plan out life it always comes different well, because we're a multitude of, of of beings and i invite everyone don't separate your work from your life uh, integrate it and mm -hmm. i hope maybe you live your passion in, and if you don't live your passion see how you can bring a little bit of your passion into the work if you do not find a way yet to to express fully who you are but start slowly and ask mm -hmm. as a steward said these quick questions oh what could i do a little different this morning or mm -hmm. it starts with can i drive a different way to work yeah it and is there a new route or on the way home to be flexible and i think we were speaking about steward 
right even the flexibility to look for new words you were saying to look for synonyms right mm -hmm. it opens up a whole agenda when uh, one word and it doesn't feel right it doesn't feel comfortable to to uh, speak over the tongue or to move the way with the lips right one feels when a word is not right or even if you're a writer, right? If you read something aloud, you can sense it because your muscles in your body also sense what is truth or what is right or not right for you or even for the moment or for uh, someone else. And um, so, yeah. And one other interesting point I thought while you were speaking is to share more about us, to educate people also about the meaning of our vocabulary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what I understand under a, a beauty, for me, beauty, for example, is all encumbrancing. It's, it's a form, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's life, vibrancy, radiance, uh, right? Or, or other things, because as you said before, it's the life experiences that I had that someone else here didn't have that I can explain what I feel, what I sense behind my vocabulary. So the other person is included in my life. So in a way, uh, feel free to educate the others of the ways we are. I think this is also something um, I envision that more and more of us do so that we as you said, the labels, the label, it's not so labeled then anymore, because then I, as I share about myself, the other can take the time to understand me. And then there's even a more different depth mm -hmm. or a, a deeper depth <laughs> to a yes. to a conversation or to speaking That's or teaching. That goes to, to asking questions and then listening to the answer. I mean, if we go back to the analogy of the chair, I like sitting on this type of chair. What chair do you like? What's your favorite chair? What does it look like? What color is it? Mm -hmm. And then when you hear that and you can feel that energy when, when, when they, they connect to something. And, you know, again, you have an experience. Oh, this meant this to me. What did it mean to you? What did you take from it? And you hear, and you can see them, they will connect to that energy. And then, then you know that you've got a proper basis for communication because you're starting to understand that other person and what they need in their life. And we all have tasks that we have to do. And we always focus, or I wouldn't say always, because that's a very poor choice of words, but we often focus on, I have to do it. I hate it, but I have to do it. But there's always a benefit. And even if that benefit means we're freer because it's been done, focus on the benefit. There's always a reason. Mm -hmm. If you don't like your job, it gives you money to buy food. It gives you something. Let's focus on that benefit and help us to, to, to increase our energy. And then, okay, if, if the job is so... Um, demoralizing or, or demanding that you want a different job focus on how you can find another job but at the moment we're, we're here so we we've got to do it so let's get through it with as much fun as we can have 
and remember all the good things, take that energy and feed it into what we're doing. And then, you know, it, it, it's amazing how the whole task can change. Yeah, quickly. You know, it, it, for instance, it, you know, I don't like cleaning the floor, <laughs> but the floor gets dirty. But sometimes I put it off and I put it off and I put it off. But you know, once I've made that start and I've seen that little clean piece, then I'm focused on the clean piece. I want to do the next one. I don't want to do the next one because I'm focusing on the benefit. And that gives me energy, which I didn't have before. Yeah, but cleanliness, interesting. I learned that from the Koreans, even for any ritual or they have a festival or they have visitors or they want to raise their vibration, they do start to clean. Uh, so it is again goes back to moving energy out of small corners or uh, uh, collected things. So and sometimes you know, we don't need to do the whole test or the whole room. Oh. Sometimes it goes back to when we were speaking, moving the from one chair, a, a pupil into to another one or inviting them to move, even changing an object in in the room already starts creating a, a change. So often when I know big changes coming, I, mm -hmm. I suddenly have to do something in a home. Like, I don't know, I, I traveled once and I was oh God, speaking funny in Las Vegas and my mom was, I had to wash the curtains in my house. I, how often do you do it? every few years? And then why do I have to do that? But there was a change that needed to happen at home, my home, where my haven, where I feel comfortable, right? My medicine. Mm -hmm. Before I had to go, before I went on my trip to speak, there was my first uh, stage, uh, big <laughs> appearance at that time at the Inspire Theater. But that gave me a momentum and that made me feel flexible. That gave me the ability to create, to move forward, to go. I, yeah, yeah, momentum is the word again, to get something mm -hmm. rolling. And um, so this, I invite everyone, whatever you have to change in your home, sometimes do it because you know it's the right thing and it catapults you in a way into uh, new things. Do you notice that with certain words when you teach? Uh, you're now in China, so you to teach people uh, to speak English. Do you notice like certain words? Once they have a certain words, it makes it easier for them to learn other words yeah i mean I, I don't teach now i used to teach but mm -hmm. one of the the big challenges is that people are focusing on the word trying to understand the meaning of one word and by doing that they're isolating everything and not listening to the communication and you can be talking to somebody and they focus on translating this word in isolation and you've moved on in the conversation and they're still trying to translate that one word and they don't understand the thing that's said. So sometimes trying to hear one word, you're missing out on the communication, the whole message. And that, that, is, that is something which is, a, which is a challenge. And is, you know, again, it goes back to the way people are taught. A child 
doesn't focus on words. It listens to the energy. It listens to the message. It hears the message and, and understands the message. The words don't mean anything. It's the energy you connect to them at the time, which is important. Because yeah, you say, you know, I mean, how many, how many times does a child hear a swear word spoken by a parent? Often. And then it repeats it. It repeats yeah. it. It repeats it. It doesn't know the meaning of the word. No. It just but knows it that energy. It just knows that energy, doesn't it? <laughs> it says it to somebody, oh, yeah, that's a great reaction. Yeah, because then the, the whole body is involved, maybe because yeah. of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's you know the words are just, again we go back to the words being labels. It's the message, the energy behind the message, which is important. So it's 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 very interesting. And, and what is using a word, one word again? What is I I would say a key to everything is that awareness of what's happening. And what is communication? You, you mentioned earlier about younger people. They are becoming more aware of all these rigid stereotypes. And that's wonderful because they're starting to see a much bigger picture. They're not hemmed in like they used to be. And that's wonderful because, it's, you know, communication isn't about one word or two words. It's about the whole energy message and, what, and what's really meant by that message. Yeah, you know, it's a funny, I, I, as a channel, as I have to feel really open and loose mm -hmm. to speak other languages that I channel through or words mm -hmm. from other mm -hmm. beings. And um, it's a practice. I had to become very aware even of minute muscles within my body when they mm -hmm. were changing. I'm also a little bit more of a physical channel. So I can sense when uh, my body moves right because to speak different tones volumes sounds that are culturally different that has mm -hmm. one and i remember when i studied with the koreans they had to translate so sometimes i, I, I translate a, a life of, uh, and i remember that they didn't even know how to speak english and then they were put in front of a room and they had to translate from korean <laughs> into English and they were able to do that so why were they able to do that because they also stayed so open and so maybe this is also a uh, invitation to everyone stay open and let everything flow through to to become aware when we tighten and say mm -hmm. oh I'm tightening what can I do to uh, loosen up and be more me and then it's also easier to take in languages easier to let uh, things flow through to be in the moment mm -hmm. Stuart as to listen to your environment you know not just a person it's, it's really interesting we have a whole environment that speaks mm -hmm. with us we yeah. sense it sometimes where do we feel comfortable or uncomfortable again we can question uh, that so I love really when we were I was in, uh, uh, mentioning your wordsmith, but you really so much more. You're more uh, smith of sentences, of, of questions. And what are, give people a few examples of what are good questions to ask, to bring a lightness into their life and be open for change? Well, you know, a, a very 
good phrase is is there anything more to that or tell me more you know so you know you were talking about communicating talking to people and they, they say something oh that's interesting tell me more mm -hmm. because it gets them to open up and it gives you the opportunity to listen to the energy there and it also tells the person that you are interested in what they're saying yes 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 and that, that's 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 a big key because quite often we're not listening to the person we're formulating an answer or a question or a re re response whilst they're still speaking we've not heard their message we're not listening to their message but when you take that time and then oh that's interesting and, and you acknowledge that you've heard it you say something and then you say tell me is there anything more about that how does it make you feel and then we, we then we, we, we get in a bond, an energetic bond, and they can explore because they feel that you really care about them. Yeah, you have uh, uh, children too, and, and, and so especially when they, or even me with a teenager now, exactly that's it. And, and you said to go deeper and deeper with each question after they've said something. And we, we go into the question of what was said, right? Not a totally different question, but to share that we're trying to understand, or for me as a mother, to understand what was coming from. And so it's a short sentence for teenagers, mm -hmm. my teenager, other teenagers. <laughs> but to, to, to hear out and pull and invite again, so he shares more in that and that I can show him that I'm understanding or at least trying to understand, right? Even with the teenager, they, they put up, you're not understanding. But if I show that I'm, I, I do care, then they can go in and I ask more and more questions in a, in a finite way to the words, uh, to the sentences they have spoken. You probably yeah. see that also with young, your younger children where they have, they don't have the vocabulary, but they still want to express right Definitely. what they've experienced or and we, we have to to try and meet them where they are in their world because everyone's got their own little world that we they live in and if we can meet them and join them in that world beautiful then we can have a conversation because we, we we're actually caring about them and it doesn't matter the age of the child i mean for instance uh my two children my youngest is about three and a half and my eldest is five and the eldest loves drawing and she was drawing away on this this paper and the youngest came made a big big mark on it and she's crying and there's all you know all all the drama that goes on with it. and so i managed to calm her down a little bit and i said oh, God, that's interesting what's wrong you know what happened and may may did the did the may may is is the little child you know Gigi is you know chinese for big sister and, and may may is little sister and you know, she did this and this and this and this. And I said, Oh, that's interesting. He says, Do you think you can make a butterfly with it? And she just stopped because now she's seeing possibility mm -hmm. rather than destruction. And I'd enter her, her world because I knew she likes butterflies, she likes drawing them. And she likes drawing, and I was seeing how we can make something and grow something out of something which was unexpected mm -hmm. and now you can look at it in a negative way as she was initially or you can look at it in a possibility way and she drew this butterfly and she was so happy 
Yeah, because then someone else's energy that was introduced to a painting, yeah. and for a moment it makes you work. It's even for adults difficult to do paintings yeah. with each other. But once you're open up to it, and then suddenly yeah. someone has painted over you, right? Mm -hmm. You say, oh, that creates something new again that I would have not done before or seen or experienced. And boom, something really beautiful comes out again. And yeah, this and interaction, a beautiful way. Yeah, a good example. It comes from possibility rather than, mm -hmm. you know, we can't stop what happens to us. We can't control those external factors. But we always have a choice how to react to them. And that's, that's a very, very valuable lesson for every single person on this planet, from the youngest to the eldest. We don't have the ability or, you know, to change these external things. And quite often the external things are there to teach us lessons, but we can always, always, always change how we react to it once we understand that, that fundamental lesson. I love that. How we react to the words we speak. Sometimes mm -hmm. we say words we didn't, you know, or maybe they came out because, as again, you said something that from your culture or your, yeah. your family, that was a typical thing, but you don't want to say it anymore. And also react of what is spoken uh, to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you say things from your culture, which is offensive to another person from a different culture. And it comes and to it as well. You know, cultural yeah. <laughs> language. If, if, if you're yeah. not aware of it, if you're not watching, if you're not communicating, you don't see it. And you wonder why these people have just closed down. <laughs> because they've been insulted. And, and you didn't mean any insult. But if you're, if you're watching and you're connected energetically, you can feel that shift and you say, okay, what did I do to change it? Or you can explore it. Yeah, I and had to laugh. I didn't want to go. laugh at you, but I, I laughed at all the experiences. Yeah, no, I mean, we've all done it. But often they were really funny then, once you then dissolve it, right? That made you laugh, that built connection. And it, if yeah. we don't do this uh, push off, so everyone, I invite mm -hmm. you, to, to don't push things off, even when people come in generate different generations and different kinds, they think different. And mm -hmm. we have to be open to that and not see so much, I've learned the negative of what they're saying, but what do they really want to say? And are the words they're using saying what they really want to hear from you or what they're asking or what they're trying to tell you. So there's again an other level uh, to language, yeah, and which is so, so different. Why well, it's, it's really complex. And so Stuart, so I really love the idea of feeling the whole. So if we feel the whole, right, Stuart, not just a single word or a certain body movement or you know, the tone of the voice. But if we look at the whole picture, then it's easier to feel comfortable, to understand, to go in uh, with the other person and uh, sense who they are. And why are we even conversing? And why are we even maybe together in the same uh, location, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you think of your experiences talking to, to, to people, channeling, or being on the stage, what are you actually doing when you're performing at your best? You're connecting energetically. Mm -hmm. 
And when you do that, then the choice of words, you know, to a certain extent becomes superfluous because it's the energy you're putting into the words which is making, giving the real message because you're connected to that person or those people. And, you know, I'll give you an example of connection to an animal. Uh, when I was in Zimbabwe once with a friend of mine, we were staying in Vic Falls, next to Vic Falls, Victoria Falls uh, National Park. And <clears throat> we'd rented a little chalet and there were no fences or whatever. And I said to, to my friend, okay, I'm going to go and start the fire for the barbecue. And in, in South Africa, we call it a bribe, but I'm going to start the fire for the barbecue. And he said, okay, I'll get the meat ready. And he's in, in the chalet and about, you know, 100 yards away is this little brick thing where they, you know, they, we can start the fire without any problems. And there was a bush there, a big, 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 you know, bush next to it. And I'm just putting the wood there and I just, just happened to, to feel on sense something. I looked up and there's an elephant, mm. not less than 10 feet away from me. So I just looked at the fire, looked at him and said, if I start the fire now, the smoke might well go there and it's going to upset him and that's not nice. So I just stayed there and we just enjoyed our, each other's company. We had a communication without saying any words. And in that time period, I saw that next to him, there was a little bush, bush book in, in, in the bush. And then a little bit later, there was about uh, five uh, warthogs that came strolling down this path. One of them actually brushed my legs and carried on towards the river to get a, a drink of water for the evening because it was dusk. A troop of baboons came across and this whole thing took about 10 minutes. And it was just the most wonderful, wonderful experience. I was part of that whole scene. I wasn't an intruder. I wasn't viewed as an intruder. They just accepted me as being part of it. And there was that under underlying communication that we were all belonged here and we were all mm. good friends. It was just wonderful. You know, and then when, you know, when the time had passed, he casually just strolled away, the bush book disappeared, the baboons had gone, and, and I was able to light the fire. It was just the most beautiful, beautiful experience of being connected. Yeah, and we being can get present, right? Being present. Yeah, yeah. and we can what get that is. with people. You get that with people. You just know there are some people that you just, being next to them, being near them is enough. Because there's that hidden communication or that subtle, you know, uh, energetic communication, however you want to put it. You know, and it's, it's just a beautiful experience. doesn't matter where you are, how it happens. It's just the most wonderful experience. It is so beautiful. You're a very fascinating man, Stuart. So in, 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 in your coaching, you probably also attract interesting uh, people that have... Mm -hmm. uh, much to bring to this world and are ready to do that. How would they be able to connect to you? The easiest way would be to just go to my website and, and, and complete the uh, contact form. And to make it easy for people, just use Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T, at spg.bz. That's my website. I'll, I'll just go spg.bz, www.spg.bz, and they'll go straight to my web, website, um, Strategic Personal Growth, and then they can contact me through the contact form or whatever there. 
Or, or perfect, because everyone, I invite you, you know, wherever you are in the world, uh, a steward, I mean, we just touched or scratched on the, uh, 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 the surface, uh, I, his life experiences and his love for people and the love that you have steward <laughs> for people to feel comfortable within themselves to bring out who they are and you do that in such a uh, with such a softness i mean but that which provides a lot of strengths right mm -hmm. because you 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 sense and you listen um, you give the room and space for people to feel comfortable and safe to open up and to explore and try out new things maybe because of your uh, curiosity Stuart you know, right you're fascinated by anything existing you travel the world you want to know more and more and uh, be part of everything and that comes through in in your work and also in the results that uh, you provide uh, for your clients so I keep on doing what you <laughs> doing I, I i love that and um yeah because you have so much more to share and bring uh, to the world yeah i think what's beauty. very very important is that people realize everybody has a lot of potential mm. and unfortunately we are often in our own way so we can't realize that full potential. And all I do is help people to discover the potential within themselves and help them to get out of the way and remove a few things which are holding them back so they can mm -hmm. realize that potential in them. And, that, and when they do that and they smile and they suddenly see, that's the biggest reward in the world for me. Yeah. It's just wonderful thing. And going back to, to the co connection and being, you know, we call that sometimes being invisible, that you're so part of nature that you are invited by wild animals to, uh, that they sense you're no, no threat and that you threat, that you're so open to and present for exactly them also who they are right they sense mm -hmm. that like with, like the children mm -hmm. and, and that speaks without words <laughs> well, again words are, so much about you <laughs> yeah. words, words are sometimes and we, we put too much importance on words sometimes yeah and we miss the energy communication mm -hmm. yeah and that's that, the that biggest the thing deeper. for people to take away today right yeah. That's energy. The deeper communication, yeah, because we are energy, and energy is everywhere, always. And you know, Mozart used to connect to that energy to compose his masterpieces. Yes, he did. He used to just why we can listen things. after centuries still and love his yeah. music and, and it's so it. powerful. It's so so powerful. And you know, again, once you 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 listen to that music and you connect to that energy, it changes you. It changes your mood. Yes, it does. Well, it's so Stuart. wonderful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we can, we can carry on for hours and hours. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to repeat this. Um, course, you anytime. have to come back. So 
the last big okay sentence maybe not energy because you've used it so often and, and mm -hmm. pointed that out mm -hmm. what would be another interesting thing for people to become aware of that is within them okay we said potential i think that um the, the biggest thing is that they become aware of how they limit themselves without without realizing it, how life has maybe caused a lot of blockages. And one of the biggest things I think that people have, and it's an unconscious thing very often, is that they don't feel good enough. And this, you know, this limits them in so many, many ways. There are, you know, people will go out and buy flashy clothes, flashy cars, flashy handbags, whatever. So people look at them and they think that people are respecting them because of it. But actually what it is, they're not really respecting themselves. And there's many reasons that this, this you know, can be developed over a long time. I mean, we speak about teaching, we speak about the education system, homework. Most of the time you get your homework back, it's full of red crosses or red underlining, and this is wrong, that's wrong, that's not good. And, you know, parents, they care about their children. But when they hear the child cry, they say, what is wrong with you? That's good. And what happens is over time, the child picks up the message, there's something wrong with me, there's something wrong with me, there's something wrong with me, and they carry it with them into adulthood. And it's, it's, it's these little things which are repeated, which unfortunately bring us limitations as we get older and cause us to doubt our abilities, our possibilities. Ooh, and yeah. it's, it's a shame. It's a big shame because, as I say, we've all got this potential. We've got so much potential. And if we... We can start connecting to it and take away these limitations that have, have been in, impacting us for a long time. Then you know, the world can be such a wonderful place. And you know, going back to what you said earlier, with um, you know the younger people today, they're seeing things without a lot of these limitations that were put on people of our age. They're being more open. They've got more awareness, and that's just wonderful because it brings this whole new realm of possibility yes it does to the it world does. so wonderful that to have had you everyone look at the word wrong maybe uh, find something ask different questions to your child yeah. right mm -hmm. what do you ask then uh, Stuart give the audience what are you experiencing I mean you know, there's nothing wrong with this with a person they're crying over something. Something's upset them. So what is it that's upset them? What, you know, what's caused you to be not so happy these, at the moment? And you know, this it, is a good thing also to ask ourselves. We often say that to ourselves. Yeah. If the, one word becoming aware when we're speaking it, and then I invite you, everyone, that uh, I ask your partner, your children, your friends or uh, business colleagues, to make you aware when you use it, or maybe they yeah. notice when you think it. And so invite others to help and support you in uh, transforming your vocabulary. So the vocabulary supports you, that the, the vocabulary becomes medicine 
for yourself and for others and so for the world. <laughs> yeah, and do it in a fun way. Don't castigate yourself for it. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. Don't say, oh, no, I'm using that. Because then you bring in negativity. Just laugh at yourself. Have a little bit of fun, you know. Just, just one last quick thing about the children. I've taught them that if they hurt themselves, if they bang something, they walk into something, there's a message. It's good. There's a message for them. And I say, and what does that mean? What does that mean? Don't do that. And you know what happens? I hurt myself. I go, ow, daddy, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they become observers in themselves. Yeah, right? and then you laugh because, you, you know, you don't get angry with yourself because like, you've hurt yourself. You laugh because the, the, then the whole mood changes. Yeah, the message is coming through. Yeah. Yeah, like the so, children again. I think it's so important yeah. to laugh. It it, it, it uh, raises the vibration we were talking about, right? Just yeah. laughing fun. and smiling and having fun is. Yeah, I think if if there's you know, um, two things to take away from today is number one, be aware, and number three, look for the fun. Yeah. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Stuart, thank you very much for sharing your wisdom with the audience, the listeners, the mm -hmm. viewers of the Moving to Oneness podcast. I wish you the best and to your family and that you bring more of your richness <laughs> into this world. And thank you everyone for listening. Yep. Do play more, become aware of the vocabulary you're speaking, what you're even hearing or reading, and uh, see how you can put a few new drops into this vast ocean, because the few drops of love in even a vowel or a constant can change the world. So goodbye. I'm your host, Mylene. Bye-bye. Thank you, and you keep doing what you're doing, Mylene. <laughs> Thank you so much. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye, everyone.